When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. At Baker's, no matter where you order free pickup, you get the same great deals as you'd get in store. So you can save when you order during band practice or at the dog park or wherever. Start your cart with the Baker's app and save from wherever today. Baker's, fresh for everyone. $35 order minimum. Restrictions may apply. Subject to availability. You can save an extra $10 when you spend 40 or more on a great selection of participating items. Just look for the signs and save at Baker's. Hello and welcome to episode 128 of Pyroni Man. And on this episode I'll be talking to Isa Bonachera, a comedian based in the UK but from Spain. Update on my foot, it's getting much better from uh, walking and running on the beach. My foot is definitely better. I couldn't run about 5k on the beach. It is sore though in the morning, achy in the morning, takes a while to warm up and in general it's still a little bit sore. But um, that's my update on my foot. But while I've been going to the beach to run and to walk, I've also hooked up with a few people who are getting into the sea. And uh, last Halloween night, on a Saturday night, with a full moon, which was a blue moon, which I thought meant the moon would be blue. But it doesn't mean that. It just means the second moon in a month. Well, anyway, with that moon just on the horizon, me and a couple of other people got into the sea at 7 p.m. And uh, it was, it's amazing going in and it's lovely and the waves and everything and it's, it's uh, exhilarating. Absolutely amazing in there. I don't feel like I'm freezing cold. But when you get out, within minutes, within minutes, it's just um, excruciatingly cold, particularly the extremities, like the feet and hands. And I was like shivering. And I've done it twice now. I did it again. Got in on Monday, I think it was. And uh, yeah, shivering to the point of like, yeah, I couldn't even uh, put my clothes on properly. Couldn't button my jeans uh i had to wait until i stopped shaking and that's kind of amazing really that the whole body just where a little goes into this thing and you you've just got to wait for it to stop uh and that's in that's a, a, after kind of uh, you know having a flask of tea with you and getting uh socks on and stuff and getting into the car and turning on the heat still takes a while i mean I literally can't talk it's like oh. well it's so good though, and I'm going to be doing another jumpy in the sea this weekend. Uh, it, it's supposed to be good for you if you look it up. But I mean, everything's good for you if you look it up. Yeah. So, uh, it's been election, uh, day on Tuesday. Today is Friday. Still no clear winner, but it looks like Biden is going to win. 
But on Tuesday night, I thought, I'll stay up and um, watch the results coming in. And um, in my kind of very optimistic uh, version of things, I go, uh, I'll stay up and then I, hopefully we get Florida, Biden gets Florida. And then I just go to bed and I know they, they won. Of course, that didn't happen. There still isn't a clear winner, but at one point it looks like definitely when I went to bed, it was like Trump is going to win. And I don't know if there's any Trump supporters out there, but for me, that was awful. It was an awful uh, thing to think about. And I, I went to bed and I couldn't sleep. I could not sleep. And every couple of hours or hours or so, I'd wake up and I'd check my phone and... I had nightmares, like, I had a nightmare of a nuclear war happening, and all sorts of mad shit, and uh, I uh, could not sleep. Just the idea that four more years of Trump really upset me, and I had a headache all day the next day. Isn't that ama amazing, really? I, I, I couldn't believe that it affected me that badly, but I, it was not because it's America is America, but because... Trump, I think, affects the world. And uh, people like Bolsonaro in uh, Brazil and uh, what's his name in Hungary, Borstan or something, and the Polish regime, they take inspiration from Trump. And the fact that he pulled out of the Paris Accord and the f and the climate change is such an issue and he just was... Uh, and it, all that kind of stuff got to me and I thought, what is happening in the world? How can millions, still a fact, millions of people voted for a man who said we should inject bleach into the body to cure coronavirus? I, I, I can't get my head around that, except the fact that maybe just loads of people go, well, that's just him being a bit mad, but he's good for the economy. Um... And the economy seems to be the thing that everybody goes on about. You know, it's always the, it's the economy, stupid. Who said that? Clinton? Uh, uh, anyway, um, uh, so, but it does look like Biden is gonna win by the skin of his teeth. Uh, as of speaking, he's winning Georgia by something ridiculously small, like 600 votes. So that'll be challenged. But I think he's gonna definitely get uh, Arizona and Nevada, and I'm not sure about Pennsylvania, but I don't know what that, but still the fact of the matter is that absolutely millions, something like near 68 million or 69 million people voted for Trump, and I find that really amazing, amazingly depressing and weird. And I wouldn't say that if I didn't think Biden was a good person. I think he is actually a good person and he wouldn't have been my favourite to uh I would I'm so bloody left wing, I would have went for Bernie Sanders, but uh looking at it now, I think that would have been a bad idea because obviously loads of people, including in the Latino and uh, black community, uh 
went, uh, you know, accepted the whole narrative that the Democrats are socialists, which they are so not. But Bernie Sanders would have been, I guess, that would have been definitely uh, easy to uh, accuse him of being socialist because he is. He's admitted he's a socialist. Uh, not that I see anything wrong with that. I mean, socialism, if it was done right, is the best way forward. I think um, socialism done wrong is a disaster it's called socialism and it's not socialism it's like it's a it's uh it's just a dictatorship calling itself socialism so uh anyway looks good that biden's gonna win whether he has any power because they haven't won the senate uh i don't know but uh what what else i've been doing uh uh can't remember. I was uh, just uh, uh, hanging about in the house. Lockdown's good. I'm reading Bleak House. I'm nearly halfway through it. It's a thousand pages, but I'm getting there. And I like it. It's a good book. It's like a very good series, like uh, Breaking Bad. Uh, uh, read two chapters a day. Can't wait to see what happens next. And it was brought out that way as a serial in the newspaper so there you go that's it so as you know uh, i'm on the headstuff uh, network of podcasts and there are many other great podcasts on this network and here's one of them what is dublin we have to explain what dublin is the dublin podcast is an eternally pregnant woman um, I've been pregnant three times. Yeah, but you've been pregnant since I met you. Right, okay. Hanging out with a neurotic middle-aged toddler mm-hmm. and the way that those two people from very opposing sides of the um, world see the see the world around them. Is that it? I Is think that that's a good it. explanation? Yeah, that's it? a very good explanation. Uh, you can listen on Spotify. You can listen on iTunes. You can listen on the Headstuff Podcast Network. We're on the Headstuff Podcast Network. Show your Dublin podcast. Up your ear holes. Up your ear and now it's Isa Bonacera. How long have you been in the UK? You're from Spain. Um, yes, I feel like oh, actually five years to the oh. dot because I recently got my settled status. So that's like exactly five years. <laughs> Oh right, okay, yeah. What's that? You you have to be five years in in another European country t- t- till you get a yeah. No, it's just like it's just here in the UK. They they okay. So like if you're oh, sorry. in the... Brexit, sorry, yeah, yeah. Uh, because like you can just like go to any country in the EU and live there normally and stuff. But now in the UK, they might kick you out unless you have the permanent residence. Mm-hmm. And you have to have lived here for five years to get it. But they don't call it permanent residence anymore. They call it um, settled status, which is like a bit worrisome. Like, what does that mean? Can they know. change the definition? You can't like, move around the UK. You have to settle. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> But yeah, and uh, let's see. Let's find out. <laughs> well, you've you've got it now, anyway. So uh, yeah. And what part of Spain are you from? I'm from the south. Uh, I'm from a town uh, by the sea, Corroquetas de Mar. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> what are you trying to say? Corroquetas. <laughs> Roqueta- yeah, it's like it's uh, difficult. 
but it's called it's called Roquetas de Mar, which means Roquetas by the Sea. And Roquetas doesn't mean anything. So <laughs> um yeah, it it's it's a, like a little fisherman's uh town <laughs> in yeah. the south of Spain. It's super lovely, very sunny, like lots of beaches. It's great. Beaches. Sand- beaches. <laughs> beaches, yeah, not bitches. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, but uh, Sounds lovely, yeah. Uh, and so yeah. when you were growing up in this small town in Spain, was it your ambition to be a stand-up comedian in English? Uh, no, I, I moved here to, to study at university, and that's where I discovered comedy <laughs> and stand-up comedy. Like, it was like, it went. So I, I came to university. The first week of university, I met this girl that was super into comedy. And I wanted to go with this girl so bad. So she went for an audition for a comedy show. And I was like, oh my God, I'll go with you. We can audition together. Um, we both got through to end the show. And, um, she's not doing stand up now, but it completely helped me. I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. It changed my life forever. And oh, yeah. So it was. And so then, yeah. It was love that brought you towards comedy. Well, maybe lust, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was lust that brought me to comedy. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and did you, uh, did you start a relationship with that girl or did that? No, she, she, like, shortly after, she moved to San Francisco and she married a guy there. Oh, oh yeah. but we're still friends. Oh. <laughs> I don't think I don't think she even knows that I was like into her. <laughs> but oh. yeah. Well, if she watches this, she knows. Yeah. Um. Uh. So that was uh, that was a what kind of a competition? A stand-up comp- com- comedy competition? It was like it, no, it was like an audition for just like a normal show. Oh, like yeah. just like. Yeah, just like a university show. Yeah, I feel like it's always it, like it, people that start doing stand at university they have an advantage because university audiences are always like easy to perform to. They 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 usually don't heckle and stuff. Um, so yeah, I feel like it was like a very safe environment to to start doing stand up. And then when I got to the real world. I realized that I was not as great as I was. I was like, well, I have to work harder on this, I guess. Yeah, well, I mean, I think that that, that that's all acts start out with an audience that kind of gets what they're doing mm-hmm. and the references and all that, and then they move out yeah. to, and you have older people who just don't quite get what you're talking about. Perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and so then, yeah, what, what were you doing in Cambridge? What were you studying? I was like, I went there to do a PhD uh, in physics, yeah. and yeah, I, I I drop out pretty quickly. Uh, <laughs> it was awful. Uh, yeah, don't don't ever do. Whoever is listening to this, don't ever do <laughs> a PhD in physics in Cambridge. It's hell. I don't know why I even did that to myself, uh, but. Yeah, I think like I was like very lucky that I found comedy, which was something that I was like really into. So like it was not like my 
it was not like a massive identity crisis when I dropped out. I was like, well, there's this other thing that I really like that I can do. So that was like really good. Uh, but yeah, no, yeah. don't, don't ever. <laughs> Don't ever do a PhD in physics, that's your advice. Well, actually, my my daughter liked physics, kind of. Oh, no. Well, no, hang on. She liked it in school. She liked it, but she found it really difficult. And, like, she's doing art now. She's studying. Yeah. In university, she's she's doing art. And she's... But uh, I don't know what it was attracted her to physics. Uh, Maybe it was just the teacher. Maybe she just liked the teacher. But, uh, maybe it's like yeah that's that's like that's a problem with like because I also got into physics because I had really good teachers and like no one warned me that like the word of academia that everyone in academia is like off <laughs> it's like high school teachers are like super cool they do like cool strengths and stuff then you go to academia and they're like there's like no comparison they're like <laughs> is there a particular type of person that studies physics i because I, you know mm. is it a nerdy type of uh, subject i tell it like i think like people that study it they're quite cool like just it's just like the profile is like people that usually like are working and are, are curious and like to ask questions but I think that the problem is that after being in the in academia, working for universities and applying for funding and all of that, that breaks you and you become like bitter and mean. So I think like what happened is that all these people that are super into like research and like investigating and things get to academia and then they spend 90% of their time uh, applying for funding or like trying to get a grant or like having to teach to students and they uh, start to resent the PhD students that are working in their lab, lab that are actually doing the lab work because that's what they want to do. So, but they can't, <laughs> they're trapped. So I yeah. think like, yeah, that's the issue. Yeah, like I actually know a girl who uh, studied physics and went through and became like a scientist and all this, but she gave all that up yeah. to breed, to breed uh, cattle on a on a farm. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that's what she does now. And she actually told me that this is a weird thing. I don't know if you know because yeah. you know when you're breeding cattle, they freeze the the sperm. They have artificial insemination. And uh, you can get uh, sperm from the 60s. Uh, you can, a uh, different decade uh, that has been frozen for like 40, 50, 60 even decades. And uh, that's crazy. Yeah. And it means, <laughs> it means that the, like she would say, oh, that cow is from the 60s mm-hmm. because it's really small because they, they were really yeah. small in the 60s. Anyway, that's uh, off point really. But, uh, I, uh, so, uh, so you started off then doing the comedy in, in the, in, in university and then spread out. Like, where did you start doing it outside of university? Well, like, I, I moved to London, uh, when I, as soon as I dropped out, uh, and I decided that I was gonna have a career in comedy. Um, and I think that one thing that was actually quite helpful was, to do one of those stand-up classes, like where you have like eight weeks, and do, I didn't like learn a lot, but it was just like nice to be around 
people every week, around the same people every week that was starting around the same time and going through the same things. Um, and that really helped you having that support system. Um, and from there, uh, it, it's just like, it's just like good to be able to talk to people that are maybe having a bad gig sometimes. So you can talk to them about not having a, a nice gig and they relate and you don't feel like, like you're a bad comedian. Um, so yeah, I think that that really helped. Like, um, and, and from there, just, just gigging loads, gigging and gigging and gigging. <laughs> well, up to, until recently when Obviously, you can yeah. stop. <laughs> March, yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's terrible, isn't it? I mean, it's the best way to learn is to, is to just get stage time, right? Just. Yeah. How did you get into comedy? How did I? Um, a friend, it was very, not exactly the same, but it was definitely a friend of mine who got me into it. He was really into it and into watching comedy mm-hmm. films and stuff. And I started, I didn't start on stand-up. I started doing sketches and then mm-hmm. with this other guy. And then when we broke away, I had to do stand-up. I found that very <laughs> difficult. I found it very difficult to not be a character and to be yeah. me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, have you done you done sketches and improv as well, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I feel like uh, it's it's harder to be yourself. Like when you when when I was doing a sketch, I have done sketches with lots of people um, during the time that I've been doing comedy. If it goes, if something goes bad on stage, you can just make each other laugh, and you can just like have still have a good time. But if you're alone on stage and they don't like you, you're, it's all on you. And you, yeah. there's like no one you can turn to and like laugh at the situation. Yeah. So, so when you do well, it's like, oh me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, with improv is the same. Like with improv, you don't even care that there is an audience. You're just, it's, it's more self-indulgent. It's the, uh, that you can do an entire improv set without a single laugh and you can come out of it and feel like you did good improv. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, because you feel uh, like you stayed through, stayed true to the character or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. You feel like, Oh, it all came back together at the end. We did such a good job and maybe the audience hated it <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> And the great thing about improv is you don't have, you can't rehearse. So you, there's no yeah. point in even thinking about that. You go, oh, I can't rehearse. So <laughs> you've got to turn up and do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of good. So have you done, like, I think I see that you've done three shows, three of your own shows in Edinburgh? Yeah. So I have done, yeah, I have gone to Edinburgh a few times. Uh, yeah. Uh, I like, Okay, so when I went to Edinburgh the first year, I didn't know that going to Edinburgh was a big deal. Um, so I was just like, I'm just going to do a show. I'm just going to have a good time. And then reality hit, and everyone was like, oh, my God, you're doing your first hour. And I was like, yeah, so? And everyone was talking to me about that being a big deal and how you have to be, like, super ready to do that. So I went there and I didn't have a bad time, but like it was not a smart decision. I would not recommend it at all. The second year that I went, I, I did a character comedy show 
as a, a like in a drag in drag uh yeah it was like his name the character name is Muchachico and he's like a Spanish artist and he paints on stage and stuff and that was very fun to do like a lot of people really enjoy it like especially people that were super into art and stuff um and then the third year I did a show about space and it was sort of like about how I really enjoy physics and then I stopped enjoying physics uh but they were like lots of very silly jokes about space and I was like in a space set and that show did very very well got really good reviews um so I, I feel like every year it's it's better so in a way I'm glad that I just jump in into it and I started doing it but if I could do it all over again I will take a completely <laughs> approach like completely that was stupid but <laughs> you got your first year done without you know who who would expect your first year anyway to be amazing yeah uh yeah. so it was it was good i feel like yeah I, I i feel like every year that i have gone there i have taken something out of it um and that's all that's the reason why you go it's because you you think it's gonna help your career and yeah i think it, it, it did i feel like if I have put more pressure on me, maybe I would not have enjoyed as much and not gotten as much as I did out of it. And uh, when you were doing a Drag King, did you do musical? Was there a musical part to that show? Yeah, so I cannot sing uh, at all. And, <laughs> and um, I, like, I'm, I'm musically challenged. I cannot do anything musical. But I, I campaign very quickly. So, like, my cabinet was centered around painting on stage. But, yeah, like, I'm trying to, like, to to be more musically minded and, and composing some communist songs and stuff now. And I got myself an autotune because I don't want anyone to hear my real voice ever. So, like, maybe at some point I'll put something musical out. But no, for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, go on. You're a musician. You're a musician. You oh, do... I do. Yeah, I do play guitar. I play guitar on stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I wouldn't call myself a musician. I think people who are actually musicians will look at me and go, no, no, you're not a musician. <laughs> but uh, but uh, I can play a few chords, yeah. And I do like musical comedy. Mm. I like doing musical comedy. So if I can't play something, I get it back in track. Have you ever... Uh, so you like? Do you find it's funnier to do comedy in English as opposed to Spanish? I well, I find it completely different. So like the rhythm is like very very different. Um, when people do stand up in Spanish, it feels more like they're telling a story, a funny story. Like there's like more of a narrative, and it's it's very weird because. Uh, I have seen stand-up sets in which, like, someone is telling their funny story and people is laughing because it's it's funny, <laughs> and it's and the comedian is shushing them because it's distracting the flow. So they're yeah. like, Shush. and like they keep talking, and I was like, "What are you doing? You have to do this for the laughs." <laughs> and the times that I have done a stand-up in Spanish, which has been very few times. I, I 
like I, I take the approach that I do in English in which like I talk, I pause for laughs after a joke and people are so confused. They're like, well, what is happening? Why is she giving us space to laugh? Like, what is this? They're very confused yeah. by the, the difference of flow. Is yeah, different why, approaches. Why do you think is that the way the language is constructed, or or is it just cultural thing? I think like a bit of both. Uh, I think like because there, there is a, a standard culture in Spanish. I think it's getting more popular now. Because like people get to Netflix and they see like the Netflix specials. Now people is doing it more, but I think that up until recently people didn't know what standard was, so they didn't really know the rules of of standard. There's a a, a show in Spanish television called um, the the Comedy Club, and it's people doing funny monologues, but it's not really stand up, and they don't even have comedians they have they invite for example actors or like a random famous person mm. and it's, it's bizarre uh is there something yeah. about being that you feel there's something about the english language which makes it suitable to doing stand-up comedy i think like yeah. uh when you write jokes in english compared to spanish it's easier to place the funny bit at the end of the yeah. sentence yeah. And so you, you, it's easier to to start like with a like set punchline to do the set punchline like structure. Well, in Spanish, if you try to do that, sometimes the construction of the sentence is like very awkward, and people are like confused by like why is that person speaking weird? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's easier to uh, reveal. Yeah, it's easier to reveal. I think that's a good way to put it. I'll say, yeah. That's interesting. I've heard that same in German. It's very. I heard it's very hard to do stand up in the German mm. for the same reason, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so and um, yeah. So how's the this year is so odd. Do you, I, I don't know what comedians. I mean, I feel just like I don't even know <laughs> when I'm going to work. I did my first gig in five months. Uh, on Saturday, and I was like nervous. I was like, my heart was pounding. I was like, oh my god, why am I doing this? Uh, it was like all over again, like the the <laughs> all the feelings. But then, like, like I felt so good doing it. I was like, oh yeah, this is the stuff. <laughs> yeah, this is why I do it. <laughs> it was like starting again. I was like so nervous before going on stage. Yeah. I was like, I was like, I'm gonna do all my new stuff on Saturday, and then I was like, no, I'm gonna sandwich it between like old material because I just don't, I can't just do new material. I'll die. I'm gonna die if I do that. Yeah, it was not that bad. It was good. Yeah, brilliant. And it's very hard to know whether you should do stuff on coronavirus because I'm thinking everybody's gonna be talking about coronavirus. Should I just? Yeah. Like, you don't want to just ignore it because that seems a bit weird. Yeah, I did talk. I did talk about it. I, like, I I didn't realize how much of my new material is about <laughs> coronavirus. I I thought that I was like making a conscious effort not to write about it. 
because of, of what you said, like, like surely everyone is writing about it. But then was like going through my notebook and it was all like lockdown stuff, coronavirus stuff. Like, <laughs> and had you planned to go to Edinburgh this year? I presume you had, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I was. Uh, but yeah, like that didn't happen. And hopefully, I don't even know whether I want to go next year. Oh, actually. Yeah. yeah, I was like, it was it was very nice not to have the the cloud of Edinburgh hanging over my head for yeah. months. Had you written any of the show before? Yeah, so so I wrote um I did my show at the Ball Festival just before lockdown. Oh. So I had I had like a first second draft of my show. Uh and yeah, like I could do it next year, I could just like not do it at all. I found that uh yeah it was like nice not to worry about Edinburgh but also I have taken this time to up skill myself and and I'm like thinking about different ways that I can like share my material that is not through live performances so I feel like that's the good thing about this lockdown period is that it gives you time to think outside of the stand-up sort of like a structure and think about all the things that, that you can do obviously because no one could do stand-up yeah so, so I'm going to ask you now if, yeah. uh, if uh, there's an act that you like and uh, that we haven't heard of and that you recommend to us oh there are like so many people that I like I like uh, I'm getting into Spanish comedy lately. Uh, so there's this show on Netflix called Paquita Salas. And like the, like the, the main character, uh, is like super funny. He dresses a woman and he's like, he's, he, he's just like my mother. He's like, he plays a Spanish mother really well. And I think that's why I find it so funny. I like really silly stuff. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm really happy that there's a new silly trend going on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's great. I, I, I love your act. It's brilliant. Yeah. And, and your um, stage, your charisma on stage is yeah. brilliant. So uh, thank you. Um, keep it up and uh, uh, hopefully I'll see you on the circuit sometime, perhaps. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> it's been great chatting to you. Right. Thank you. Bye bye. a bonnet chair there what a lovely lady i don't know who's going to be on the next podcast but whoever it is they'll be absolutely wonderful people you can contact me on my website joerooneycomedian.com also on my instagram joerooneycomedian and my twitter joerooney1 the number one if you want to talk to me Give us your views on things and all that and what and all. Anyway, in the meantime, go well, see you now. <laughs> go away with that, you dirty bollocks. <laughs> you fucking that, you fucking I'm seeing something. It's smiling at me. But not a friendly smile. The worst smile I've ever seen in my life. Do you see it right now? Smile. Rated R. Only in theaters September 30th.